Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's right. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. You don't get no better than that, man. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Colin, it, uh, it's Friday, August 26th, when we're recording this. September 1st, Mizzou football will be in action with a real-life football game. That's, that's a thing that will happen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. We're playing Louisiana Tech, and it's sort of our ramp-up game. I mean, it seems like this football season has taken years to get here. I I don't know, even know, you know, there's, there's very mixed expectations for the Tigers this season. I just can't be more excited that football's actually really here. Yeah. I think, um, six and six realistic, seven and five optimistic, but realistic, you know, seven and five would be great. I think seven and five is a, is a home run. Oh no, that's home run. That's a too, too big, but it'd be a successful season. It's, it's a, it would beat expectations of the national media for sure. It'll, yeah, that's right. It'll meet expectations. And it's really, ultimately, it's better than Brinkowitz has done. I mean, he's been basically a 500 coach, and uh, he needs a season where he's above 500, ultimately. Now, I think 7-5 and five says they're progressing, and his recruiting classes are hard to argue with. So, But, um, you know, 6-6 six and six you can live with, but it's really, especially considering that the, the, the most electric talent on this team is probably a, gonna, all going to be freshmen. But... Um, you know, it's uh, so next year's probably the real, you know, put up or shut up year, but being above 500 would be big. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, there are people calling for eight and four. That would be, it would be great if it were an eight and four season. I think the SEC media would have to like eat a lot of crow. Mm-hmm. But 
anything above 500 in a year where we're picked to basically be slightly above Vanderbilt by most of the SEC media would be a sure. success. And I mean, I think getting to a bowl game, winning a bowl game would be a step in the right direction that Drinkwitz needs to maintain the momentum he's built with strong recruiting classes, you know, and, and we're going to finally see some of that strong recruiting in action. And frankly, I just think, uh, you can't underestimate the addition of Luther Burton, not only with what he brings in a talent scale and what he will do to make a quarterback look better, to make Brady Cook look better, but he'll also make all the other receivers, and we have a strong re- receiving core, look better because he's just going to draw so much attention. I think our offense is bound to be more electric last year, and I say that knowing that Tyler Beatty was such an electric player last year, but he was our entire offense essentially last year, and I think we're going to have a more diverse and more electric offense and just that we're going to be more surprising. There's bound to be a running back that's going to step up and take, maybe not replace Tyler Beatty, but do an admirable job. And then Luther is going to open everything up on the receiving front. Brennan, Mizzou's had like a thousand yard rusher every year since I can remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like close. I'm I'm not, you know, Henry Josie seemed great. And then Hansborough seemed great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everybody has seemed great. Crockett was Crockett great. Crockett seemed great. Roundtree was great. Roundtree was great. Roundtree was great. Every I just feel like at this point, Mizzou is a little bit like running back you. You know what I mean? I'm just expecting whoever Drinkwitz decides gets those snaps is going to be a thousand yard back and uh, going to be celebrated. It might be like uh, that that Cody Schrader, the kid who was so good for Truman State. You know, they've been saying, like, he looks polished, you know, as any of the backs they have. I heard Elijah Young looks like shit. Um, we didn't see much of him last year. Well, I know, but if we didn't really see anybody other than Mike Cox and, and Young. So I just assumed, like, he might be in the running, but I think. Well, I know, think the good. reason why Bert, um, Tyler Beatty took every single snap almost last year was because guys like Elijah Young didn't step up. And, you know, they'd rather run a bone-tired Tyler Beatty than a fresh Elijah Young. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, when, I think that, you know, and maybe that's, it doesn't give enough credit to Beatty because I think Beatty was an exceptional back and, and better than anybody that we probably currently have on our roster. You know I mean? Beatty was exceptional, but nobody's going to be Tyler Beatty this year. I seriously doubt that. I mean, he set records, but yeah. honestly got multiple guys on the roster that can probably deliver that. It's just, who's going to, who's going to be the most electric of those guys. I mean, cause I feel like there's two or three guys that whoever Drinkowitz decides to give that role to is going to feast. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of open. I mean, Brady Cook, I, I'm willing to, I'm going to put him in the same boat that I put Connor Bazelak in at the beginning of last year, which is I am going in with a completely open mind. And I think there's every reason to expect that he could be successful. He, you know, he, he looked very serviceable in what we saw last year. He certainly looked better than Connor Bazelak at the stage where he went into the, the role. And so, and he's going to have targets that know how to get open. So he's got every reason to think that we've got every reason to think that cook will be a good quarterback. If he's not, we do have guys who should be good in reserve. Of course, everybody wants to see what Sam Horn's going to look like. He may play, may not, but you know, at the end of the day, if Brady cook seizes that starting role and Horn is just the backup who's in training, that's good for Mizzou. Um, but what really kind of gets me excited about the season is really not even the offense. It's the fact that I think new defensive coordinator Blake Baker is going to have a far more polished defense than what we had with Steve Wilkes. And I know that's not a high bar to climb. No, it's incredibly low bar. <laughs> but Blake Baker is 
viewed, I think, in the college football world as an up-and-comer. He knows the college game. He has a game plan in place, and it's not this speculative pro style. I think we're so many people were just enamored by the word in, you know, the letters NFL when it came to Steve Wilkes mm-hmm. that it didn't matter that he was bad at his job. I hope this Blake Baker works out, Brennan, because if not, Brinkowitz has, you know, basically fucking dry-humped the decision on two fucking coordinators, you know? It's like, you need to get this right at some point because it's pretty obvious that Drinkwitz doesn't have anything to the defense. He's coaching offense, and he just kind of hands the keys of the defense to whoever he hires. But if you're going to be that hands-off with your defense, you better fucking hire the right guy. And he's not – he's – what he kept – I think he kept Odom's guy, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And then And then he uh, hired Wilkes. Oh, what a disaster that was. Mm-hmm. And now he's hired this guy. So I, I hope Baker works out. And like you said, he's an, it's an incredibly low bar to jump just not to be like the worst defense – in all of Division One football, yeah, yeah that's you know, right. it's a pretty low bar because that's where Steve Wilkes had us at the beginning of the season. If you guys will remember, yeah, and historically uh, bad. And we're strong in the secondary, which I feel like Missouri is never strong in secondary. So I'm excited about that. Martez Manuel, I think, is going to be the the linchpin of this defense from the safety position. But I also think our linebacker core is going to be strong. I mean. Blaze Aldridge was terrible last year. You know, he came in. I think he got so – nobody's gotten farther on their first name than Blaze Aldridge. You know, he he couldn't – he bounced off of guys. He couldn't. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Whatever coach recruited him was a big fan of like American Gladiator back (laughs) in the 90s. It's alright cause I'm safe out of here. Oh, yeah, exactly. And um, and so they just like they wanted a, they wanted players that were named Blazer and Laser and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Torpedo. You sure. Know? <laughs> I think uh, we are so, going to lead the league in 90s references when it comes to Mizzou podcast this year. Yeah. Uh, well, but it's, uh, it's something we take great pride in. I, I aspire to be improved the linebacker core. Yeah, and that's sure, right. He's I'm sure he's going to start this year. They've got this hopper kid out of Florida. I think, you know, 
I'm more optimistic partially because of the transfers this year aren't from Rice. You know, mm-hmm. this year's linebacker transfer is Hopper. And he's from Florida. He went to Florida. He got recruited by Florida. So it didn't work out at Florida. But, you know, that's a pretty – you can count on that he's probably got at least the athleticism to play SEC football. Yeah. Um, if he was recruited by Florida. So I am a little bit upset that uh, Tyron Hopper, who you're referring to, the former Florida linebacker, is so close in name to Tyrone Hopper, who's our new transfer defensive lineman from North Carolina, because I know that you are never going to get that right. And I know that you're already (laughs) referring to him as Hopper. You're just going with Hopper because I know that you know that Tyrone and Tyron, you're not going to work that out. It's just not going to happen. I'm bringing this part of my charm. Anyways, (laughs) is it? it, the, uh, The defensive lineman we were getting, and the transfer portal are coming from places like Auburn. Like it's a really low bar to jump. The back end will be fine. Um, Abram Strain is 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 good. I you know Manuel's back there. Chad Bailey, I think, with uh, Hopper's going to sure up the linebacking core. So it's really it's just we need that defensive line to play so much better. I know we were in person at the Tennessee game, and I mean. How many plays where a defensive lineman didn't lay a finger, not a glove, not a wisp of a fart on the running back? You know what I mean? He was just gone. It was the linebackers, the safeties, and the D-backs. It was their job to tackle because the D-line was just getting completely washed out. I think, too, that there's a lot of games that are very winnable that a lot of people have just written off as Mizzou cannot win. And I think – one of those is Kentucky, and I know I'm not going to say that I'm not going to dismiss what Mark Stoops is doing at Kentucky or the success that Kentucky's had or the fact that Kentucky has become a good football team. But Kentucky is not an unbeatable football team. And you look at what Missouri's done in its time in the SEC. We've beaten Georgia, we've beaten Florida multiple times, we've beaten Tennessee multiple times. You know, we've beaten LSU. We've beaten lots of schools that are quote unquote better programs than the Tigers. Kentucky is on a high wave, but they're, they are just a good game away from being beat. And we do beat them. We have beaten them. So, like, to write the Missouri-Kentucky game off as an automatic loss is foolhardy, in my opinion. And there's no reason. Kentucky's having to reset a little bit. People don't, people act like Kentucky can just reset every year. They can't. You know, they're, they're, they've been good. Who else is having to Arkansas's resetting. Yes. I was going to say, Arkansas is having a big washout. But, like I said, uh, Pittman can do no wrong, you know, in their mind. For a team so, that lost five straight games to the Tigers, one win, and they are crowing about it like like they've never lost to Mizzou. The, Arkansas yeah. is so deluded about what they are, and they they are not better. They're not a better program than us, and people scoff at that in Arkansas land, particularly, but a lot of people outside of Missouri. And I'm just like, at some point, you've got to like just Google it. Just Google it. It's not better. Yeah. There's a Google machine. We all know how to use it. Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling, and it? so it's always refreshing to beat Arkansas. I, I don't think we can beat Tennessee this year, but we have beaten them a lot in the past, and we've certainly beaten them in years where we were not expected to beat them. And so if we were to do something like that, that would be a tremendous victory for Drinkwitz and for Mizzou fans and for us people who hate Tennessee with the passion of a thousand sons. A white-hot passion. That's right. We're kind of all over the board, I guess, tonight, but it's the pregame to the Louisiana Tech game. We haven't seen any football yet. We're going to be all over the board, you know, and and we're optimistic. I mean, I think in a year that people don't know what to expect, I'm optimistic. Well, let's make a 
Let's both make one bold prediction. Okay. I know, and I say bold. These are not bold, but uh, I would, I'll predict because of Luther Burden that Mookie Cooper or, you know, Toski Dove or Love It, one of these guys is going to have a, a breakout season. You know what I mean? Because you know that Burden's going to just draw a tremendous amount of attention. And if, uh, if Cook can just find a rapport with one of those other guys, somebody's got an opportunity to really sneak up on the SEC. Okay, I like that. I, I think my bold prediction would be that Coach Eli Drinkowitz will sleep with Josh Heupel's wife. Oh, well, that's, that is bold. Yeah. That is bold. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything to go on for that, but <laughs> okay. But well, I just I'm trying to think of what would deflate Tennessee fan base more than anything. By the way, speaking of Tennessee fan base, how about all the recruiting violations and how they're just like, well, that was our coach we used to have who did that. We're fine. And I'm like, hmm, we're well. fine now. There's no need to punish us now. That's right. Well, actually, as a program that had to suffer multiple uh, penalties for a stupid tutor who lied through her teeth about our program and affected no one on the roster at the time of the uh, violations. Um, I'm not going to buy that. That was your head coach who did a lot and used his wife. And all the Tennessee fans got mad that Drinkwitz simply brought it up. You know, it's like, oh, Tennessee fans, fuck you forever. I don't know. I mean, I understand. There's no reason to bring it up other than to put a thumb in the eye because that's who Drinkwitz is. And I've said it on the show before. I'm like, yeah. there's part of me that really likes it until you don't win games. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, be as glib and um, funny as you want. Everybody enjoys it. I enjoy it. Preston enjoys it. But at some point, funny man, you better win some fucking games. Yeah. You know I mean? like, yeah, you have to. Because if not, like, he's just, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line there, Brennan. And poking other coaches when your you know, record so far is 500, you know, I'm like, okay, okay. You better start winning, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. like, yeah. That's, uh, it's like TJ Moe completely throwing his entire team under the bus and accusing a quarterback of basically throwing the game because he was sad about his girlfriend and uh but also only having one good game against san diego state in his entire resume <laughs> yeah a lot like that <laughs> fuck tj mo mm. so do you think colin that we need to know anything about louisiana tech is this an automatic w is i, I, I don't i don't know anything about louisiana tech i know that uh Baker, our defensive coordinator, I think spent four years with that program. He knows them well, I guess. But um, this is this is a this is penciled in as a warm up game, and I expect it to fully be that um, far more than the spring game. We're just it's really just going to be a sort of a coming out party for a lot of these young players, like we we're talking about with the Luther Burdens of the world. Well, I know what I'll be watching is Brady Cook. I mean, like we've got a quarterback, and you know Brady Cook was not he was a three star, and. You know, I was, I heard on Kansas City Radio, they were talking about, you know, he was a three star, but he like closed in his recruiting early because he wanted to come to Mizzou so bad. He basically just committed. And so he didn't like remain, if, if he would have opened his commitment longer and had a few more programs show up to his house, he, he might have jumped up to a four star. I mean, we're not talking about a guy that's devoid of talent. He's a guy that is Mizzou loyal, you know, closed his commitment early because he knew where he wanted to come and it was, it was Missouri. He's had, Every opportunity to transfer out of this program, you know, and nobody would have blamed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have, but he stuck it out and he's earned the starting job and I'm pulling for him. I want him to do good. You know what I mean? Like, I, of course, Sam Hornet, you can just see he's a bigger, stronger physical athlete than just about every other quarterback on the roster. You know, he looks huge. I don't know if you've seen those pictures online. Oh, yeah. But he's a big kid. 
And so, I mean, like, of course I want to see our, our stallion run. But Brady <laughs> Cook has earned this opportunity, and frankly, I hope he fucking just sets the fucking SEC on fire. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing. It's like I think whenever there are these quarterback battles, everybody kind of picks their guy, their favorite, the one they would like to see win out for the job. But at the end of the day, even if your guy, if you want to see Sam Horn start or if you wanted to see, um, you know, Macon start or whatever, whoever gets the job, if they're successful, we all win. <laughs> you know, it's like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't it be nice if Brady Cook was so good that Sam Horn transferred out? Because you know how good Brady Cook would have to be for that to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Pretty goddamn good. Like, you know, we'd, we'd have we'd win so many games that Barrett Sally would fucking put a rifle in his mouth and pull the trigger with his big toe. <laughs> so I you know, like I said, I'm pulling for him. And and uh, you know, we'll still have our glances of Sam Horn. I can't imagine they they've got Sam Horn and they're not with, with four games of eligibility before a red shirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to see some Sam Horn. I don't know if you want to and, burn your one of your four games against Louisiana Tech. Maybe you do. I don't no, know. No, no. I mean, I'm not saying it'll be this game, but we're going to get a chance to see Sam Horn. But oh, like yeah. I said, I'm just, I feel like Brady Cook may be a sleeper on, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. then again, I think about how badly, how hard Drinkowitz recruited to replace him too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but, I know. So it's like, I'm really curious. What is this kid going to be? I want him to be good, but I mean, anyway, and he, the other thing, which is near and dear to my heart when it comes to college football, and that is quarterback mobility. Hate it in the uh, NFL. You know what I mean? Like, I hate running quarterbacks. In, in college, it's such a great thing to have. It just makes you um, – it just adds a whole new dimension to your game. I mean, Tim Tebow, I mean, everybody knows that guy threw like a palsy teenager. But he also – he threw just good enough, and he was, a, he, could, he was big and strong, and he could run the, and scramble, and it made him a Heisman winner. And then you saw exactly what he was as an actual football player when he was in the NFL. He was a fucking complete turd burger. Yeah. But that running is adds a dimension in the college game that can just turn your offense into a juggernaut. And so, I mean, I'm not, not saying that Cook's going to turn our offense into a juggernaut. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it, it can happen with a guy who can move his feet. And it's, you know, remember Brad Smith? I don't know if any of you guys listening right now remember Brad Smith. God Damn, was there anything more fun than watching that guy play football? He was untackleable. <laughs> he was the best, you know what I mean? And all he did was run. I mean, yeah, that's he was not true. a thrower. I mean, like, he was not a thrower. Right. He went to the NFL and had a good career as a wide receiver, I believe, as a return man. Well, yeah, but my thing is just like he was, his feet were so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And his arm was just good enough. Well, I think and, everybody looked at you know Tyler Macon and Brady Cook as sort of a package, and they said just automatically said Tyler Macon's the runner and Brady Cook's the thrower. But I think what was lost in that is that Tyler Macon was a good runner and he was a bad thrower, but Brady Cook is a good thrower and he can also run. I mean, from everything I've seen, Tyler Macon he just was never starting for this football team. He. Was I can't it, believe he stayed, honestly. It, I can't either. The one person I really wonder about is Jack Abraham, who was recruited, transferred to come here, 37 years old, more experience in the college game than anyone in history. <laughs> don't exaggerate. He's only 35. Okay. But, you know, he comes here uh, heavily recruited, you know, drink heavily recruited somebody else, so he wouldn't have to start Brady Cook, I guess. Yeah. And Jack yeah. Abraham was the guy. They go through this quarterback battle, and he's told – Thanks for all the effort. Thanks for coming to campus. Here's the bench. You know, I just wonder how that sits with him. Well, I'm, I'm sure he's getting on his flip phone, the jitterbug, and call with the giant numbers because he's so old. And he hits the numbers and he calls his parents and tells him, 
well, he can't call his parents because they're so old, they're already dead, obviously. Right, so he calls, right. you know, a younger relative than his parents would be who are obviously dead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, complains about not getting playing time. But I, earlier, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to one of the Press Box Super Friends. Meanwhile, back with the Press Box Super Friends. And um, <laughs> they were saying, like, when they got to watch, it was Cook, then Sam Horn, then Macon, and then Jack Abraham. Oof. You know what I mean? Like, he was taking the fucking snaps at the butt end. Yeah. And, uh, and so, I mean, if that's one, like, basically order line it and drills in a practice. Yeah. And you know that's, I mean? so the, what does the, that the, ultimately mean? But if that's what the rotation is. Well, and that's, you know, and the, of course the practices in the college game are just locked down far tighter than white house classified documents, you know, and, <laughs> uh, and, and it is fair to say that Jack Abraham is old enough. We know that he probably watches CBS procedural cop shows, right? Like that's, yeah, he is exactly. definitely he in is that age. He's a fan of bull. Yeah. <laughs> You know yes, I mean? he's like, watched well, all the CSIs. He remembers well, Jag. Um, <laughs> sure, he does. For an sure, he remembers Jag. Old enough Who to remember Jag. He probably, if he listens to this show, he will understand all of our references, including the <laughs> Save by the Bell drop. Yeah, and if and for all of the new listeners, and I assume there's a lot of you, uh, we drop the Save by the Bell sound effect in and say by the bell google it it's 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 anytime <laughs> we pump in a 90s reference so um there you have it uh anytime we talk and about jack like abraham that's probably going to happen <laughs> yeah. yeah jack abraham is our age so yeah he's uh yeah he was born in the love boat era <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun with jack abraham on the roster you know what, Brandon, maybe he could call the show yeah, it is Maybe possible. Maybe we should reach we out to him and see if he could call the show. We ought to do you know, such a thing. He's a contemporary of ours, you know. I feel like he's our age. He gets it. Yeah, he gets it. Uh, uh, you know, even if he's not playing a lot, I'm sure he's got a lot to add, you know, to the football conversation. After the game, we're going to do the, the the full show. Sure. And um, the big show. We always typically try to do some drop an interview in there somewhere. Yeah. Let like me get on guessed. the horn. Let me see if I can get over and, and let's see if we can talk Jack Abraham. And to give us give us an interview. Yeah, get through your sources. See what you can pull up. <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> All right. Why don't we take our first break, Colin, on that note. We'll come back. We'll take a look around the rest of the SEC and see uh, who they're playing this uh, first weekend of college football. We've got some Kansas news for you. And uh, football's back. So is the Zodcast. I'm excited. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. Colin, I'm excited. Even though football hasn't started yet, we are able to look at the schedule ahead. And I think when we do that, we always bring in your amazing invention, the Paul Feinbot, for a segment we have always called 
SEC around the horn. We break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. All right, Colin, I know he's collected a lot of dust, probably a lot of rust, but is it possible you can boot up the Paul Finebot? Sure we can. Here we go. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. Oh, it sounds like he hasn't lost a step. <laughs> yeah, he's a finely tuned machine. Really. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. All right, Colin. Are, should you inter- I mean, theoretically, we may have new listeners. Should we introduce Paul? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's, let's do what. Tell our new fans uh, who the Paul Feinbaum is. Well, we're obviously a lowly podcast, and that and uh, Paul Feinbaum himself would never deign to come on the podcast and talk about yeah. SEC football. This so so I uh, took in some initiative and I built a sophisticated futuristic robot of Paul Feinbaum, the mm-hmm. Feinbot. Yes, sir. And he will. Uh, he performs. The exact same uh, jobs as Paul Feinbaum jobs. He gives commentary, and he, he uh, I mean, he is so finely tuned. He does everything exactly like the real Paul Feinbaum. You're right about that. Yeah, so. thank you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, we bring him in when we're discussing SEC games, too, because he's, you know, Paul Feinbaum, obviously. Nobody knows more about the SEC than Paul Feinbaum. So uh, the Paul Feinbot fills that role and fills that void since, you know, Paul Feinbaum would never do our show. You're right about that. All right, Colin, should we get started? Yes, let's do that. Okay. The first game we've got on the docket is coming up. Actually, it's coming up on Saturday, August 27th. SEC football begins, and it's one you're not going to want to miss, Colin. The Vanderbilt Commodores are taking on the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. (laughs) Wow. Those guys must have been standing at the back of the line when they were handing out mascots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Holy cow. Um, anyway, yeah, that sounds like a barn burner. Who watches that game? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's going to be lowly rated. But uh, Vanderbilt is uh, coming in with their best record they're going to have all season at 0-0. Zero and zero. And, uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, oh, they could be one and zero after this after this game. Vanderbilt's actually a nine and a half point favorite over Hawaii, which I don't know if that's surprising or not. It is for you know. Here's what I will say: Vanderbilt's going to win this one, win or lose, because it's being played in Honolulu, Hawaii, and so they're getting a nice trip weekend trip to Honolulu. Win or lose, pretty nice weekend. I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I. I was going to say, what must it be like to be recruited to play Division One football at Hawaii? Mm, yeah, and that's a, not that's not a bad gig, especially if you hate your parents. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a, it, you know they could do worse. So uh, I think you know if, if Vandy's a nine and a half point favorite according to Vegas, and I don't know anything about Hawaii, I have to go with what the odds makers say, and I think Vanderbilt's going to pull off a, a one and zero record to start this season. They'll, they'll, it's a house of fire. Yeah. All right, Paul. Uh, Paul makes picks too. So, um, what do you? Who do you think can win this game? Vanderbilt. Yeah. Ah, well, there we go. Uh, are you excited about the game, Paul? In terms of great matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. <laughs> yeah, I think we know that's true. All right, Colin. Did you did you say Vanderbilt too? I can't remember what your pick was. I think we're yeah. Just, I'm Vanderbilt. Sure. That's it. That's the pick everybody's writing down when they're making their books. Um, all right. So then 
more football, real football, starts off on Thursday. I don't know when the last time Missouri's actually started uh, the football season on a Thursday, but that is the date of the Louisiana Tech-Mizzou game. It's well, they tried to um, – I think they, were, they worked really hard to get night games. Yeah. And one of the ways they got it done was by negotiating with ESPN to do the Thursday nighter. Yeah, and it's easy to do uh, whenever NFL hasn't started yet. So that's sort of trying to yeah. milk that out too. So obviously Mizzou is going to be playing 7 p.m. in ESPNU uh, at Thoreau Field. And I think all Mizzou staff members and faculty were told football is more important than academics, so please vacate campus on Thursday evening. We need parking spaces. Anyway, Missouri is a night. Um, frankly, we could do with a little more of that, Brennan, around Missouri. <laughs> 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 yeah, I uh, I am confident in the Tigers. They're 19-point favorites. I'm going to pick them. We usually say Mizzou to last, but I'm just going down the order since it's sort of a weird schedule. But, yeah, I, I, I'm picking Missouri. Colin? Well, I mean, you have, you have to pick Missouri. I mean, you have to. And uh, they have to win this game. You know, we cannot have another Wyoming on our hands. No. Um, and that's, you know? Or Missouri State, even. If you guys remember the Missouri State game where we scored like 70 points but let them score like 50. Yeah, we needed all 70 a- points. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of a bad omen for that season, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, so we don't. We, I would like to see a you know a a resounding victory. I want I want to see something that continues to build confidence in both the team and the fan base. I want to see a very boring second half. Yeah, I want to see a lot of guys get a lot of snaps because it's irrelevant. Yeah, Paul, what do you think? It's hard to take Missouri seriously. Okay, well, well, that's not really what we ask. Are you interested in this game at all? I'll pass on watching the Missouri game. Yeah, see, we told you this is exactly like Paul Feinbaum, right? <laughs> yeah. So. He has all the respect and admiration for Missouri football that the real Paul Feinbaum has. That's right. So uh, the other game that's on that same Thursday night is Tennessee taking on Ball State. Uh, they are hosting Ball State. Tennessee is a 33-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, so laugher. Tennessee's yeah. obviously going to win this game. Man, Ball State's a pretty good school, but uh, – God, who would want to go to a school called Ball State? You know, there are other ones that are that are troublesome. I mean, I always, you know, the Wichita State Shockers—they get away with it somehow. Um, <laughs> yep. I don't know. We, I feel like Shockers. The Shocker is one of those things that we all know what it means, but we all think that not everybody knows what it means. Well, you know, they know what's going on when you hear the student section going two in the pink, one in the stink. They chant it during the basketball games, so I'm pretty sure they they're. A, Familiar with the reference. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about Wichita State, not Tennessee, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Shockers. They, they all go in the stink when we're talking about Tennessee. So, okay, Paul, who do you think is going to win this one? Tennessee. Yeah. Easy pick. All right. They may all be like this. It's week one, for Christ's sakes, you know? Uh, so the bulk of the football is happening, obviously, on Saturday, the following Saturday, which is uh, September 3rd. Should we even get into that, Colin? I mean, it's a week and a half away. I mean, it's, I guess we should. Yeah, I think we should. Go. I mean, we're going to have to. I mean, I guess we can talk about it um, again after the, uh, on Friday after the, you know, the Thursday night game. But After the devastating Missouri victory. Um, okay, yeah. well, let's just get into it now because uh, it's, it's a weird – entry into the season. There's sort of two weeks, two weekends to start out week one. Texas A&M, we'll roll through it fast because they are shitty games mostly. Texas A&M will be taking on Sam Houston at Kyle Field. Texas A&M is ranked number six in the country to start the season. There's no uh, line on this game because it's going to be such a bloodbath. I mean, let's just let's just call it Texas A&M and move on. What do you say? Yep. Texas A&M. We agree, Paul. 
All right, there is a real game, though, that Saturday, 2.30 on ABC. Number three, Georgia, will be taking on number 11, Oregon, in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's a, it's a big one. It's the first big game we're going to see in the SEC. Georgia is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite in what is essentially a home game over the Ducks. Yeah. I, I think Oregon, they may be good, but they're not what Oregon once was. And they're just going to be no match for the Bulldogs. I just think it's going to be a yeah. Blast. There's very few teams that are going to be a match for the Bulldogs. You know, Alabama, mm-hmm. Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like, but there are not going to be very many teams that are going to be a match for the Bulldogs. The the, the Georgia has reached that level. I mean, obviously, and uh, it doesn't seem like all that long ago that Missouri was a uh, not necessarily going to lose those games. Yeah, and, and I think uh, now they're right up there with Alabama and, and the rest. And so, I know they've had to reload a bit this year. But who's who's uh, worried about Kirby Sparks hurting? Yeah, right. So, and and I also think that Oregon is like the last dying ember of relevance for the Pac-12. Yeah, it's so, a you know there's not enough Nike money in the world to keep it that machine up and running in Oregon. You know what I mean? It's just not. Yeah, it's nice fancy new uniforms. And you're going to get murdered. Yeah, you know Phil Knight's going to build you some pretty nice practice facilities, but you're still going to have to convince kids to go to Oregon. Yeah. All right. Oh, hey, guys, it rains all the time. It's kind of cold perpetually. <laughs> Welcome to Oregon. That's, that's right. And you're 2,000 miles from your parents. There's a lot of trees. Welcome mm-hmm. to Oregon. It's very, oh, there's a lot of militias, too, by the way. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to Oregon. <laughs> it's very pretty. There's more beaver than humans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's both super progressive liberal and completely right-wing lunatic all at the same time. Yeah, just, Welcome just, to Oregon. Just move 15 minutes out of town, and it gets yeah. really different really fast. <laughs> yeah. Welcome right. to Oregon. <laughs> All right. Uh, taking a hot shit on Oregon right now. Yeah, the Ducks are going to get slaughtered. Welcome to Oregon. Uh, all right. Paul, who do you think is going to win this game? Georgia. Yeah, he's got uh, no love for Oregon either. All right. Then this is going to be an interesting one, Colin. We've talked about Arkansas a little bit. They're coming into the season already ranked 19 in the country based, I guess, on what they did last year. They're playing number 23, Cincinnati. Cincinnati famously was uh, sort of a surprise darling in the last season, um, it's going to be in Fayetteville. So it's a home game for Arkansas. They are a six-point favorite. Ah, I usually don't root against our own conference, but I would love to see Arkansas get beat by Cincinnati. Yeah, me too. I think uh, – and I, I mean – Or, you know, at home too. I don't think Arkansas is nearly the known quantity that their fan base and some of the uh, SEC media are saying. I mean, I, they've, had to, they've had to reload. And maybe they've done a great job of it, but we don't know yet. And there's, there's a very real chance that they could lose this game. If, you know, hopefully that Sam Pittman's recruits are turd burgers. And, but, you know, I wouldn't necessarily count on it, but I'm certainly rooting for it. Yeah. You know, one good season is not a uh, dynasty make. You know what I mean? And, and I think there's been a lot of accolades for Sam Pittman. And he has certainly turned the program around quickly compared to some of the disasters a coach that they've had in the past. But but they, they just lost a lot of talent. And I don't know that Arkansas is a program that can reload in the way that an Alabama and a Georgia can reload. So time will tell. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll shut us up like they did last year. But go Cincinnati, as far as I'm concerned. Go, go Bearcats. But I'm going to take them. I'm going to take Cincinnati over Arkansas. Who you got? Oh, I got Arkansas, unfortunately. Yeah. Paul? Arkansas. Yeah, it's not surprising. Uh, Paul Feinbaum, if you hadn't noticed, if you've ever listened to his radio program, is a bit of a homer. And uh, 
likes the SEC teams above everybody else. And it turns out the fine bot is just so similar. Well, Brendan, as I said before, he's basically a complete duplication of everything that Paul Feinbaum is. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm quite a uh, roboticist. Yeah, I think <laughs> roboticist is definitely the term that you didn't just invent. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so let's moving on. Another ranked SEC team, tw- number 21, Ole Miss, will be hosting Troy. Uh, Ole Miss is a 22-point favorite. I think this is another. It's a 3 o'clock SEC Network game. I think it's just a... Uh, it's a warm-up game for Ole Miss. They win this one easily. Paul? Yeah, I really wish college football would go to just playing like in-conference or I hate these fucking cupcake games. You know what I mean? Like it's so – I almost hate them more for everybody else than I do for the Tigers. Like I almost like watching the Tigers beat up on somebody, but I don't want to watch Ole Miss play Troy. Yeah. Uh, but I will watch Ole Miss play basically anyone else in the SEC. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'll give them like the week one game to sort of – you know, they don't, there's no preseason in college football like there is in the NFL. I'll, I'll give them like week one. What I really hate is when they play like Troy in, in week 11, you know, and the SEC is known to do that. You know, week 10, all of a sudden Mercer is on the schedule. And, and it's like in the heart of the conference schedule, they play these weird cupcake games. Get, okay, I'll allow it. Week one, get you, get you an easy win. Buy yourself a win, whatever. But why do you disperse them throughout the schedule? It's it's garbage. Yeah, it's anyway. I just I just listen to this lineup. I'm like, I don't want to watch any of those. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Paul. Who do you think is going to win this game? Ole Miss. All right, Florida. This is an interesting game. I think uh, it's the 6 p.m. game. ESPN. Florida is hosting a Gainesville number seven Utah. Florida's unranked. Florida is not expected to be all that good this year. Utah is actually a two and a half point favorite while on the road at florida do you think the gators will lose this home opener probably <laughs> i mean i don't, I don't know I, florida does not look great and coaching changes and instability and just you know i mean like i'm just florida's gonna have to prove it i wouldn't want to bet this game and obviously nobody's wants to and it's a, which is only a two points but it's yeah i'm not big on florida i'm not either and i'm I talked about games that uh, Missouri is likely not predicted to win, but easily could win. I mentioned Kentucky, but Florida's in there, in, in the hunt. I mean, we have every, look. There's never been a year where we were playing Florida, and everybody's like, "Mizzou's going to kill Florida." Nobody ever expects that, but yet Mizzou wins regularly against Florida. There's no reason to think that couldn't happen again this year. Agreed. Paul, who do you think is going to win the Utah Florida matchup? Florida. Okay. Okay. Going to SEC again. All righty. And then we have got uh, Kentucky is going to be hosting Miami of Ohio, the 6 p.m. ESPN Plus game, a game so bad it doesn't even get a real TV channel. Kentucky obviously going to win this. Kentucky is going in 20 in the season. I don't know how often they go in ranked, but they're starting the season at number 20. Colin, what do you think? Uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Paul, who do you think? Kentucky. All right, let's just move on quickly. Auburn, another unranked Auburn team this year, is hosting Mercer. That's another one that's not even – there's not even a line for it because it's just a lap. Auburn. 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 Yeah, we agreed. And then we get two Vanderbilts for the price of one this week, folks. You get lucky. Uh, Vanderbilt will be hosting Elon. Again, there is no line Musk? on this one. <laughs> well, I, I guarantee you if Elon Musk fielded a team of what I assume could only be sex robots – um, very, very pale, pasty sex robots. They would beat Vanderbilt. 
Um, I'm no. <laughs> I'm only going to pick Vanderbilt because they're at home, and I've never heard of Elon, and assume it's a it's Elon Musk University. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Elon Musk and a team of sex robots yeah. are taking on Vanderbilt is what yeah. it boils down to, and it could be close. <laughs> yeah, it probably will be close. <laughs> so get your Dogecoin out and put put your some money down on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Paul, who do you think is going to win this game? Vanderbilt. Okay. And then as far as games that are absolutely not even worth discussing, number one in the country, Alabama, is going to be hosting Utah State. Alabama is a 39-point favorite. Why are we even talking about it? I don't know. I just I remember watching the last uh, game of the season last year and just, just marveling at how good everyone on the team is. I mean, just we're going to have Luther Burden on the field, and I have no doubt that you're going to be able to see the difference between Luther Burden and most other people. And uh, you know, just saw, kind of the way you saw people like, remember uh, Bolton, how amazing he was and what a thumper he is. Mm-hmm. Their whole linebacking crew is Boltons. You know what I mean? Like they're, it's, you know, their whole receiving squad is Luther Burdens. It's just yeah. insane. So you, what I'm hearing is you think Alabama might squeak this out against Utah State? I think they might get it. I think they might get it. All right, Paul, who do you think is going to win this game? Alabama. Alabama. They're going to be Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Nick Saban. Oh, Paul, Alabama. Oh, Paul, calm Nick down. Saban. Calm down, Paul. Oh, shit. It's early. It's happened again. Uh, right. Sometimes, he yeah, he gets excited in, about Alabama and sometimes he crashes. Can you boot him up again, Colin? Yeah, I'll Reboot. 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 All right, Paul, we're, you're, you're back online. Uh, Memphis is coming to Starkville to play Mississippi State at the 630 ESPNU game. Mississippi State's a 14.5-point favorite. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. Yeah, agreed. Bulldogs. Mississippi State. Easy choice here. All right. And then the final game on the – well, it's not the final game because there's a Sunday game. But the final Saturday game is South Carolina taking on Georgia State at Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina's a 13-point favorite. I don't know. If I knew a single thing about Georgia State, I might consider picking them because I don't like South Carolina <laughs> this year. Yeah. But I don't. So South Carolina, it is for me. Yeah, as well for me. Paul? South Carolina. All right. And then the final game we have on the SEC schedule for next Saturday, actually next Sunday, September 4th, LSU will be hosting. Well, not hosting. They're going to be in New Orleans at the Superdome, so it's basically a home game. But they're going to be taking on Florida State Seminoles. So uh, LSU is just a three-point favorite in this game. It could I don't be- think that's because they're down on LSU or because they're up on Florida State, but I thought Florida State was a, a kind of a – uh, turd burger. It, they might be, but LSU, I don't think there's super high expectations for them this year. And frankly, it doesn't matter to me. If, if, if It's great to see a number one versus number three, but I just like to see even match, evenly matched opponents. And it sounds like the expectations are that this isn't yeah, evenly I'll matched. Yeah, I'll watch this game. game. You know, yeah. This isn't Mercer. Yeah, you know, and it's on a Sunday a- night, so let's bring it on. Yeah. College football. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, have no, I don't know much about Florida State this year. I really don't know much about LSU this year, but I will take LSU simply because I'm going to be an LSU. I'm going to be like Paul, an SEC homer, and it's a home game for them, essentially. Yeah, LSU. Paul, who do you like? LSU. That was not surprising. So uh, there you have it. We got essentially two weeks of opening week of college football, and we've been all the way around the horn. So, Colin, it takes us to our final regular segment we do each one every week during the college football season, and it's maybe, arguably, I think, maybe the most important segment we do. It's time for Kansas News. Well, I was heard to 
there were three kinds of suns in Canvas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day. Kansas News is starting in hot this week on Johnson County attorney disbarred after secretly filming women in the office bathroom. <laughs> good Lord. Good Lord. Yeah. Good Lord. Indeed. The Kansas That's Supreme Court right out the gate. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. Kansas News. It's glad, to ha- glad, to be- glad to have you back. Yeah. The Kansas, never disappoint. <laughs> Kansas Supreme Court disbarred Johnson County attorney last month after he pleaded guilty to putting a camera in an office bathroom to secretly film women court records show. Troy Rinkmeyer. Who wants to see a close-up of a basically someone pouring lemonade through an open-faced roast beef sandwich? Who does that? I mean, what the fuck? Well, I mean, the answer is obviously Chuck Berry and this guy. <laughs> That's another dated reference, but do Google it. Please Google it. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, uh, and while you're doing that, also Google St. Jude's Hospital founder Danny Thomas and glass coffee tables. That, a- apropos of nothing, just Google it. Just, like, that's what Google's for. If you're a college student, if you're a young listener, if you're inexperienced in the world, just Google Danny Thomas and glass coffee tables. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> All right, back to the story. Troy Rinkemeyer, who owned the Rinkemeyer Law Firm in Overland Park, was disbarred and lost his ability to practice law in Kansas on July 6th. Supreme Court records show Rinkemeyer had surrendered his law license. I think we're a little ahead of ourselves here. You know, it says he's recording the toilet. Maybe he was watching them take dumps. No, not pee-pee. Yeah, maybe it's not a pee-pee thing. Maybe it's a poo-poo thing. Um, if you found a, a camera pointing up at your uh, nether regions, would would it matter to you? No, I'm just saying. I mean, like, this guy's from Kansas. He's obviously, you know, disturbed in many ways. I mean, yeah. it may have been a poo-poo camp. He's likely a fecophile. And I don't know if that's a name. It's a real thing. That is a word you just made up, but I think it works. Yeah, fika file all, all, describes all Kansans. So Rinkmeyer was charged with breach of privacy by picture or video and pleaded guilty in the Johnson County District Court. A woman told police she noticed a block-shaped item on a table in the restroom. She didn't think much of it at first, but saw a camera the next day attached to the table that pointed directly at, you guessed it, the toilet. The woman bought an SD card reader from Target to watch the recording. It showed videos of her and other women using the bathroom, as well as footage of Rinkmeyer setting up the camera, according to court records. So, uh, pretty open and shut case here. Um, <laughs> I know when you record it, like, here's a close-up of your face while you're put, mounting it in the toilet. Yeah. Kind of hard to be like, I didn't put that there. Yeah, well, you're wearing a name tag with your social security number. Um, I don't think that's me. None of the women consented to being filmed. <laughs> no shit. No shit. Yeah, really weird. Uh, he was arrested. Hey, I'm going to go take a hot deuce, boss. Can you mind if I, uh, you know, yeah, I fire up the camcorder? Do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You got the GoPro ready? Because I had enchiladas at lunch. <laughs> and it's time. Yeah. It's the X Games. He, <laughs> he was arrested and released from the Johnson County Jail on a $2,500 bond. He's scheduled to be sentenced on September 20th. Rinkmeyer's lawyer could not immediately be reached for comment as he was filming a fat lady take a dump. Way to go, Kansas. I mean, like I said, starting out like a house on fire. It's uh, it's hot. All right, next story. 
This is a classic Kansas story, Colin. Dozens of children contracted a highly contagious and potentially deadly norovirus, as well as a Shigella bacteria infection after visiting, you guessed it, a Wichita, Kansas water park. (laughs) Do not drink water in Kansas. Avoid all contact with water in Kansas. Every other story. I've been listening to the show, but we do this, this segment every week for eight years, and there have been countless stories about how shit and piss runoff are just flowing into their water systems constantly. Constantly. So a new federal study said dozens of people, mainly children aged around 11, got sick after visiting a splash park near Wichita, Kansas last summer. The study by the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said that 21 people contracted the Shigella bacteria and six others became sick with norovirus after visiting a splash park at the Tangayika Wildlife Park in Goddard, Kansas. The Shigella well, back- they they, uh, they asked the, uh, the the farmer on top of the hill just above the water park with the giant hog farm. Mm-hmm. They asked him, and he said he couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's right. No, how the water got dirty. Yeah, he. Oh, the only thing different that he's seen is that he started raising pangolins about a year ago. <laughs> The Shigella bacteria is spread from person to person through exposure to contaminated feces. Norovirus can also be spread by ingesting, you guessed it, feces particles and contaminated food or water. Another 36 people reported gastrointestinal illnesses after visiting the Splash Park, but didn't have lab tests confirming what caused their illness, according to the Wichita Eagle. Is there any chance that this was all a big misunderstanding and it was just because Kansas insist on eating their own shit. I mean, so it, was just, it must it be factored in. Fault. You've got a bunch of Kansas in one place. and It's got to be factored into the story. I mean, there's so much shit being consumed. You have to, you can't rule that out. You know, give the water park a little break. The CDC report is based on a survey of 404 people who visited the Splash Park last year. The director of the wildlife park told the Wichita Eagle that he didn't find the study useful, although he's all for analyzing data to learn from the past. <laughs> he didn't find it useful to find out that his water park is riddled with shit. <laughs> yeah. I guess you didn't. I He's bet like, you I didn't find that. That's yeah. not news to me. <laughs> Shocking. He didn't find that information too useful. <laughs> yep. It's funny. The water park doesn't even have toilets. They advise people to shit over a drain and squish it down with their toe. <laughs> it's called waffle stomping. <laughs> and yet somehow people got sick. All right. And our final story of the day, Colin. Kansas football. I know you're always excited about their uh, program, Colin. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. There's some exciting things happening in the Kansas football world. Charges dropped against two KU football players arrested after apparent road rage incident. So far, Kansas has not taken any disciplinary action. That's shocking. Kansas is usually right on top of disciplinary action. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, their their uh, their basketball teams have been. In- FBI investigation for literal years, but yeah, they're on the level. Yeah. Charges have been dropped against one of two University of Kansas football players after an apparent road rage incident Thursday morning. The Douglas County District Attorney's Office has charged Trevor Wilson, age 21, and Tanaka Scott, age 20, Friday following the football player's arrest. Later Friday, charges were dismissed against Scott for lack of probable cause. According to the Lawrence Police, an unidentified man was driving south on Haskell Avenue around 11.30 a.m. Thursday. The man told police the driver in a Dodge Charger pulled up next to him, stepped out of the car, and displayed a weapon. He said the driver spoke briefly, returned to his car, and then drove to a quick-trip parking lot in the northeast corner of Haskell and 23rd. The man said the driver of an orange Challenger also displayed a weapon as he passed by. No one was hurt. Lawrence Police officers found the two vehicles, the two men, and the two weapons at Club Car Wash. 
Wilson and Scott were arrested and taken to the Douglas County Jail. A statement from Kansas Athletics said, We are aware of a situation involving two of our student-athletes and take all allegations very seriously. We are working to gather more information, and if they are good at football, we will not do anything about this. Um, wow, that's pretty uh, pretty straightforward for Kansas. Yeah, they're frank in their statements. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kansas so is just a couple of Kansas football players run, you know, flashing their, their guns out. Flashing yeah. a weapon for no reason. Um, sure. So, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't the biggest offense that Kansans have done. You know, they're uh, they're a terrible organization and they're a terrible state and they're a terrible, terrible school. But it is stupid to be flashing your weapons around, uh, I don't know, a week before opening game. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Luckily, at least one of the players won't be charged with any crime. And obviously, if he's not going to be charged with any crimes, Kansas will not be disciplining him with any penalties whatsoever because they just don't care. Maybe they are. I bet they don't get any trouble because they probably are going to find it for Kansas football players. And they feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. Like, no, don't. They have to play football for Kansas. Let's let these kids off. They're going to have a trying enough time. Yeah. Um, I've said on the show before, I, you know, if I had to choose between telling my people that my son was playing football at Kansas or doing gay porn, I pick gay porn every single time and twice on Sunday. Sure. Be prideful about that. Um, He's a power bottom, Brent. That's true. That's true. All right. So that will do it for week one of Kansas News. So I've, we've almost wrapped up a show here, Colin. Now, do, I mean, are we missing anything? I guess it's, we've been out of practice. You know, it's been so long since know. football season has come. You know, it'll be, a, it'll be a normal football season show coming up, though. We'll have the... The fine button and the and the and the Kansas news and the and don't the forget about TJ Mo douche of the week. We could always work douche up a week, douche of the week. Farmers hair player of the game. All of those things coming at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Looking forward to it and uh, ramping up the season quickly. We're, you know, it's going to be a tough season, tough opening to the Mizzou season. But uh, again, I'm optimistic. Hey, uh, before we go, Colin, I guess I do want to give a, a little shout out to uh, to me for having twin babies and getting a uh, a little gift from coach drink did you, i sent you the picture didn't i oh you did yeah so uh anyway drink what's sweetly uh signed a little football helmet for my twin boys and uh you know people think that the the coaching staff the mizzou program doesn't like the mizzou cast well, that's not true drink uh, gave a little nod to us so thanks coach and uh i only need 37 more kids to catch up with colin well Brendan, i really hope for your kids you know, sake that that drink which turns out to be a really good coach because that helmet's going to be worthless if he turns into Barry Odom. <laughs> That's right. Imagine having a helmet with Barry Odom using on it. That helmet as a toilet. <laughs> That's right. It turns out like Barry Odom. Imagine having to explain to your kid who the fuck is Barry Odom. You know, why did he sign a helmet yeah. for you? Who's this random guy who signed this helmet? Ruined this perfectly good helmet. <laughs> with his signature. Yeah, it's worse than that Kim Anderson basketball you've got in the corner, Dad. Yeah, it was a really good basketball until somebody scribbled Kim Anderson on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah, on that note, I think it's time to sign off. Uh, this has been the good Mazakas, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. <laughs>